You know what I find funny? What? Before I hit record, we spend a good 30 seconds going... (coughs) 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 Exactly. There's times I do it, I don't even have anything in my throat. I just feel like I need to do it just to make sure that there's nothing in there. Hey, speaking of which, of weird things that we do, do you have any like hidden talents that I don't know? Like, What are you secretly good at? Uh, It's something that you wouldn't know. Uh, I'm probably really good at puzzles and I'm fast at finding, finding pieces. Uh That's a stupid talent. That is a stupid talent, but I'm a fiddler. Mm, Some people know that I play. Uh, I used to play a lot of fiddle. Used to play in a country band with my friends. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Played a lot of uh, Irish music with uh, the upright bass and the guitar and lots of fun. Yeah, for sure. I can relate to the puzzle part with you. When my wife and my kids, they build puzzles. I, I'm not a big puzzle guy, but I'll walk to the puzzle and I'll look and I'll be like, oh, right there. And it pisses them off because they'll be looking for a piece for. Oh, I'm ever. sure. I'm sure you'd rub it in their face. Too. I, I do. I do. Uh, but for me, I don't know if I'm secretly good at anything. I think it's more there's things I wish I was good at. Like what? And this one's, it sounds silly. I love music. I love to sing in the car. I love to sing in the shower when no one's home. But if I were to sing in, in front of people, you, you know, like Ben Johnson type running, like that type of fast running is how people would react to me singing. <laughs> I'm a man in my 40s and I've thought about like taking singing lessons, which I'm not going to be a rock star. We're singing Christmas carols for Christ's sakes. I'm like, if there's other people around, I just, I button up. Yeah. I wish I would be a better dancer. Actually, I love to dance, but I'm just a horrible dancer. No, you're not that bad of a dancer. Yeah, I'm pretty bad. You can't break dance like I can. I'd love to take dancing lessons. Like I'd love to learn the tango with Meg and yeah, just yeah. do all sorts of stuff. I love, I love to dance. See, what's going to happen now is because people are listening and we are going to get calls I'm going to go on The Voice or like American Idol because they're going to call me and say, hey, we're going to season pretty, you. Pretty sure they're not. And you're going to get called for Dancing with the Stars. No, we're that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Taming the Hustle. Or something of the sorts. I think today we are going to talk about a few things that uh, I I think every small business owner relates to, I think on both ends of the spectrum here. I want to talk about uh, finding and keeping freelance creators because I do talk a lot about don't do it yourself if you if you have the means to do so, but finding those creative people can be difficult. So I want to touch on that. That's interesting because I I wanted to talk about my take on how to attract and retain good people. Oh, there you go. That's a hand in hand right there. That ties in nicely. It does tie in nicely. Nice. Nice. You know, I'm going to give tips here and and Renee, uh, if you just want to turn off your headphones, because I don't want you to get any ideas trying to find a new creator or anything like that. Okay. (laughs) Hit me with your best shot. So, hey, I'm going to start this off. So my agency, we struggle with this because we're a small boutique firm and we don't have a giant staff. An awesome one to boot. Well, we try, you know. And so our staff isn't huge. And so what we do is we do hire a lot of freelance creators. Right. 
And, you know, we, we find there are, there's some really great ones out there. And if you get them, you have to try to retain them because they're freelance. So they're going to get busy with something else. And they, it, there's a tendency to forget about you. But for me, and I preach this to every small business owner, or large business, doesn't matter who it is, is that you need to be picky and trust your gut. Yeah. So how, how do you do that? For me, I like to hire real people like in person, that whole human connection, humanizing factor I talk about all the time, that's a big deal to me. So we use websites like Indeed and LinkedIn where we can find real people. Also, hot tip here. So this hot tip coming in right now, we are in communication with colleges and universities. And we have some great relationships with professors that we can call. And when we tell them what we're looking for, sometimes they know of a recent graduate who would be a good fit. Or if it's a small gig, it might be someone who's still in school and that's okay. And we make sure that we see their portfolio, do our due diligence, meet them, make sure we're on the same page, make sure we like them and make sure they like us because that's important. I want someone who wants to work for us. But there are websites out there like freelancer.ca, upwork.com, fiverr.com, flexjobs.com, peopleperhour.com, just to name a few. And with those, you post your ad and you say what you're looking for. And with those types of websites, you get to see their portfolios. But more times often than not, it's just email communication only. And you got to sit there and hope it all works out. But whether it's someone in person or from a website, there is a chance it won't work out. So when you do find that creative needle in a haystack that fits your brand, you want to keep them. I know I've connected you with a lot of my clients and my friends or colleagues that were looking for your services. How common is it to get some sort of referral service in place in your type of industry? Well, it definitely does happen often, but a lot of agencies like to kind of keep their cards close to them. And and we kind of do the same a little bit, except we're a little different in the sense of we pride ourselves. It, It fuels me to know that a freelancer I don't have work for, if someone else does, I'm like, hey, go get it, right? But a lot of other agencies won't do that. They're like, we want to keep our freelancers. So they'll pay them crap. And that brings me to my next point is cheaping out will reflect their work. If you are going to buy the $5 graphic design off Fiverr, no offense to Fiverr, you are going to get $5 quality. Yeah. We always preach about you get what you pay for. Exactly. And with with stuff like graphic design, with video, with uh, audio, there's templates out there that people can use and they're fine. But when you hear your ad on the radio or you see your ad in a magazine and you're like, wait a second, that looks a lot like the Windex one. Well, because they use the same template. Right. You want to differentiate yourself from others. Granted, if we have a company that doesn't have a big budget, we'll say to them, hey, our graphic design or our videos, we're going to use some templates and we explain the process to them, but we tweak them enough that they don't look exactly like we just pulled them off the internet. Right. And that's one thing a lot of people mistakenly do. And especially when you're working with freelancers, you'll give them those templates to say, hey, can you tweak this for me? And they say, yeah, they put your picture, they change the text, but it's still blue and yellow and it still doesn't fit your brand. So you have to kind of tweak it, right? And make it your own. And the other thing is that the the pain thing kind of helps them and you're going to get into the retaining part, but I, I feel for the gig economy. What's a gig economy? The gig economy essentially is people who just are contractors. And so, you know, all in the arts world, whether it's drawing, painting, uh, movies, whatever, it's it, you get a gig, right? That's the That's term. That's a term I've never heard before. Oh, yeah, you yeah. taught me something new today, Look at man. that. I try. The gig economy. 
So, and that's the thing. It's like, if I'm uh, a video editor, for example, and I'm going to go out there and I get this company who says, hey, we want you to edit this video for me. And they pay me just kind of what everyone else pays me. When that company calls me back and if I'm a little bit busy or not really, and I'm like, I got something going on on the weekend, do I really don't want to work. There's a chance I'm going to say no. But isn't it a lot about relationships as well? Like, exactly. I think that's what I, I think that's what you're getting at is, yes. is developing a relationship with those freelancers so that you can consistently work with them. Exactly. And if you're paying them what they're worth, you're showing them that respect that they want. Right. And one of the things I do is if you are a freelancer for us, I actually offer this to the freelancers I work with. I say, hey, you know what? We're going to get you your own Hepburn Productions email. We're going to do all this. I might even connect you with the client because I want them to have direct contact with you. Okay. And so when I bring them in every now and then, they still feel like they're part of the team. And this, the last point I want to make about this is keeping in touch with them. Even if you don't have work for them, calling them, treating them like they're part of your staff because they're human beings, right? It's funny you mentioned that, Daryl, because although you're not a freelancer, like you said, you're a small boutique marketing firm that sort of caters to its clientele, but we often have you join our team when we're doing brainstorming. So whether it is part of marketing or not, it's often important for you to get understanding of how our business works so that you can better serve us, better understand us so that the marketing strategy can really reflect who we are. Yeah. And I find like something as simple as giving that email address away, which costs me nothing to do. It just, it goes on a cloud and who cares? And it's one of those things where they feel like they're part of something, right? They, it's not just dan at gmail.com. It's dan at heppernproductions.ca. I get it. Right? So it kind of makes them feel well. And it, and the other thing is when you have events, if you're having a little get together, a little staff party, invite these freelancers. Make them part of the team because the next time you call, they could be as busy as hell and you're like, hey, I need this. They are going to drop everything for you. It's all about relationships. 100%. So listen, uh, we don't have any relationship commercials, but we do have an ad that I'd like to get to. Let's hear it. Here it is. We'll be right back. Did you know that when you retire, you only retire from work? Not life. I guess that means you better have a good plan. Good advice. Hashtag call Renee, certified financial planner of St. Cyr and Associates. And we're back. We're back. See, I tried to, that was me singing kind of, but not really. Thank you for not trying too hard. (laughs) I actually tried really hard just to stay consistent with the end. I'm feeling poop from my day today. I could I could hear it in our voices. There's not a whole lot of F-bombs going on. There's not a lot of joking. It's like very straight to the point. I'm sorry. You know what I think the problem is, is that I'm I don't think this. Uh I I argue this point all the time, but my wife thinks I am so good looking. That she keeps me up till all hours of the night. <laughs> and I'm so tired the next day. And that's what happens. And the, here we are. Now I, I I got no energy. You have no energy. I don't know why you were awake because you're definitely not as good looking as I am. <laughs> Listen, I'm too tired to carry both of us. What are you talking about today? Attracting and retaining the right people. So it's become increasingly problematic during the pandemic from conversations I've had with pretty much every business owner I work with in pretty much every part of the country in pretty much every industry. That's a lot of pretty muches. It's pretty much everywhere. It is a universal problem for employers to find the right people and to be able to retain them. So 
one of the things that we notice in some of the communities that we're sort of concentrated in is you've got industry, right? You've got lumber, you've got uh, mining, and you've got government jobs as well too, right? So the small business owner is now competing with employers that have the ability to pay more for one. The others are uh, having the ability to set up like a group RSP or a defined pension plan, employee benefits. So all of these things make it difficult for the small business owner to attract those people when, you know, at the end of the day, they're chasing more money. Yeah. But what we've come to realize is that they're not always chasing more money, right? You have to pay your people well and you have to pay them what they're worth. But over and above that, to be able to develop that real relationship with those people and build the right team, regardless of the industry you're in, you can use some of these tools as a small business owner is you can set up a group RSP, right? As a means to attract them and retain them so that they start working on their retirement plan and have some of the help from the employer. Employee benefits could be set up for as little as two people. So if you're a small mom pop shop and you have only one staff on your payroll and yourself or you and your spouse and and a staff member, we can look at setting up an employee benefits program to get the health and dental, the long-term disability, et cetera, et cetera. Hooking them up. Hooking them up. Just a side note. So in terms of costing, you'd have to reach out to your financial advisor to get some quotes and and go to market to see what kind of pricing you'd be looking at. But the rules are that the employer is responsible for paying a minimum of 50% of the cost. So let's say say the monthly cost per employee is $200. Yep. Well, the employer is responsible for a minimum of $100, but they can pay the whole thing if they want. Gotcha. Right? So there's there's sort of an, an industry rule there that requires you to pay a minimum of 50% of the employee's cost. Yeah. But over and above that, what doesn't necessarily cost anything, but could speak a lot of volume is one is inclusivity is like make your team be a team yeah. and, and include them in some of the decision-making that is pertinent to their role. It's including them in brainstorming. Right, yeah, exactly. Like ours team is very heavily involved in the brainstorming of the operations and also the brainstorming of, you know, when we're coming up with creative strategies and, and implementation plans for our clients that we involve our team in that decision making to make them part of the team and to let them know that they're contributing to the organization. I think that speaks volume. Definitely. So the culture of your organization is going to be very impactful on how you attract people and how you get to keep them. The other thing is flex time. As we see the younger generation, they would sometimes forfeit a little bit of extra money to go elsewhere to a competitor, to an environment where it's very strict with your schedule, to move to an organization where you have the culture and you have inclusivity and you have some flex time, whether it's more vacation, whether it's your ability to work from home from time to time, or your ability to bank time so that you can have that extra long weekend when you want to head home to visit family or you want to go park your ass on a beach, whatever floats your boat. So you could be sitting on a boat. Yeah. See, Or floating behind one in a lazy Susan or something. That too, yeah. But anyways, some of these perks that we can now offer as small business owners, because we have the ultimate decision to make those calls, right? You're not at the mercy of the man when you're working for the the large organizations. So I think those are just tiny little tricks without getting into any real detail that these are things that we can do to attract the right people and to retain those people as well, too. And it kind of goes back to what I keep saying over and over, I feel, is that it's the humanizing factor, right? It's humanizing just, factor, the humanizing 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 factor.
Sing, we're in sync. We keep saying it over and over again. I know. But it is so, so fucking on point, though. Yeah. You know what? I have a friend, and uh, I believe it or not, and uh, he works for- We just talked about this in another episode. Yeah. <laughs> you have a few friends. I do. He works in HR, and it's one of those things where the pandemic hit, they sent everyone home and said, work from home. And they realized that- productivity from home was actually kind of through the roof and they were able to do stuff a lot more efficiently and it was quicker and it was just everything was through email there was none of this waiting for someone to come back to the office type thing and they at first the the company was like hey this might be a thing because we're spending so much money on this like old building and like maybe it's just becomes all the office space yeah and like there's all these agents who are kind of top rung and they're always out of the office 90 percent of the time they come back to do their paperwork and go home and so he was like yeah i think this is going to become a permanent thing staying from home so everyone on the staff was so excited because it worked out well you know because of their time they were able to drop their kids off at school pick them up instead of driving an hour to go to work every day then just recently they're like hey uh, you guys, in about a month, you're going to be coming back to the office permanently. And so now the entire organization, everyone is like so upset at upper management that they're like, oh, I'm going to start looking for another job. And it's like, how about you just talk to your staff? Or at least explain the rationale, because some of the studies have shown exactly. in large organization is that productivity at the beginning was really high. Yeah. But as the pandemic sort of stretched from months into years. Yeah is that productivity is actually dropping because people are becoming complacent. Yeah. They're getting accustomed to working out of their home environment. There's less competition, right? Yeah. So you're not on site where there's the camaraderie and the friendly competition yeah, yeah. of everyone bringing their A game. Everyone just sort of got comfortable in their yeah, home yeah. workspace. And all of a sudden you're never getting out of your PJs yeah. and you're not doing your full day's work because you're folding laundry and you're doing all sorts of crap. Exactly. That's why I love the gig economy, to be quite honest, is that, you know, whether it's us as the agency or the graphic designer that we just hired, as long as the work gets done by this date, doesn't matter if you're doing it in your jammies at midnight or six in the morning or at noon, just get the shit done. Yeah, just get it done and do it right. Exactly. So... Um, listen, it, we, you were saying you kind of had a rough day there and, uh, I want to talk about some winter blues. I want to talk about how you get over the winter blues. I have winter blues. I used to, I've kind of overcome it. I got some tips. We'll be back. When my parents started investing responsibly, <laughs> I became a huge fan of renewable energy. Your wind energy pun really blows. <laughs> See what you did there. Impact investing is no joke. Hashtag call Renee, responsible investment specialist of St. Cyr and Associates. I wish I could sing. I would do a little bit of blues, Daryl. I wish I could sing. I would do anything but just talk. I would sing the winter blues. The winter blues. That's what I want to talk about. There are many things that bother the hell out of me. And I grew up with you in Northern Ontario. And then I decided I'm moving to the Toronto area. And I had a little taste of the LA life when I was working in film and the New York life when I was working there. And it, it was amazing. But now living in the GTA, it's one of those things where I feel like as a Northern Ontarian, I paid my dues. I feel like I should never have to shovel again. I feel like I shouldn't have to put on a jacket. You're so entitled. I am entitled. I, I feel like, you know, I, I paid my dues. I remember when I was a kid, 
And this is a it must be a bad memory. You walk to school five miles uphill both, both ways. ways. Yeah. No, but this is a true story. I remember I heard shoveling. The line before we had a big ass driveway because in northern Ontario you can get lots of land and all that. So we had this big ass driveway, which is a big giant hill, and then all these stairs to get up the door. I remember shoveling the whole thing, and I get to the end of the the line, and I turn around, and there's like a foot of snow. And I shovel that and I get to the end of the line and there's a foot of snow. And I remember my dad coming out and saying, have you done anything yet? <laughs> and I've been out <laughs> yeah. there three fucking hours. I would have said, can you shovel a little faster, Daryl? <laughs> so I feel like it, it pisses me off. And I used to get the winter blues and uh, I've come up with a few tricks that uh, for me, again, we're not doctors. Don't take, this is not medical advice. Dr. Love. Dr. Love. I do have that certificate on my wall in the bedroom. Your doctor feel good. I'm Dr. Love. Yeah, I do. I have it in the bedroom. It's You're the one they call Dr. Feel Good. (laughs) But the one thing that I do, and it's it might be silly, there might be doctors out there who say no, but I stock up on vitamin D in the winter. I think it helps me. I think it gives me a little boost. I don't take too much of it. I've I've heard some crazy stories where people are like, anytime I feel a, a tickle in my throat, I do like, you know, X amount of milligrams every day. And it's like, it's, it sounds absurd to me, but I'm like, you know, one little drop of vitamin D a day. See, and I, I've been taking vitamin D forever and, and I have to say, I've never seen a difference in my health in any way. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's important, but for me physically, I take my thousand international unit drops every single day. Yeah. And, uh, I can't say I've seen a difference. So if it works for you, kudos, man. Yeah, it seems to. The other thing is trying something new. I find in the winter, like the, the warm months, I want to get outside. I want to do stuff. So I tend to just ignore new things, right? It's like, yes, I'll do new things in the summer, but in the winter, I actually look for things, whether it's, I'm going to go to one of those bars that you paint the picture while you have some, some cocktails or just switch it up. Yeah. Just switch it up. Just try something new, try something fun and, you know, get a little energy. It breaks the monotony is what it does. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and that brings me to my next point of, I, I try to schedule things with a friend once a week. So instead of like, you know, in the summer, you're like, Hey, we should have a dinner party sometime. And then that sometime could be two weeks from now. I try to schedule. It's like in the winter, you know, Hey, do you want every Tuesday night, seven o'clock? Do you want to do drinks, movie, dinner, go to a hockey game, whatever. And I just find once you schedule that, it gives you something to look forward to every week. Right. It's like, especially I always, the why I said Tuesday is Tuesday. I feel is the day because Monday's so grueling Tuesday. You're like, Oh man, Monday suck. Taco Tuesdays. Yeah. And then you get out Tuesday night and you're like, all right. And then when you start Wednesday, you almost feel you're halfway through the week. You're re-energized because you just did something fun with a friend and it's great. Right. And then Thursday, it's almost Friday. Exactly. So you're so smart, Daryl. You know, I try, I try. So if you have the winter blues, you can give me a call. We'll go for dinner. We'll go for a movie, whatever it is. Do you do anything? I'm doing a podcast right now. Yeah, that is. That is oh, true. you meant for the winter blues. For the winter blues. Yeah. Well, Megan and I uh, snowshoe every weekend. So sometimes we'll, we'll get to squeeze one in on a Friday afternoon or Friday evening and we'll snowshoe Saturday and Sunday morning. And we'll do fairly good hikes. We'll I was going to say, we'll do you, like, you got to mention how long your hikes are. Cause yeah, we'll snowshoe in trails back home. I don't know, four to 10 kilometers, depending on the day. And that's yeah, a pretty good hike in a snowshoe. A hike. My father, who's approaching 80, is uh, coming out with us pretty much every time. In fact, he goes uh, on extra days during the week. So this guy's a total machine. So. He is a machine. Yeah, so that, that makes a world of difference to get out, get that fresh air. Just like you say, get out and do something. And getting back to the puzzles, like I love doing puzzles. I know it's silly, but it's like, to me, it's mindless. 
and it passes the time because if you do a puzzle that's you know a thousand or more pieces you can get lost in that for hours and it's like whoa it's already bedtime and it's just it's a way for me to get out of my own head when i'm leaving the office and it's a means for me to get into sort of my family life and and leave my work life alone for a little bit so it just gets me out of my own head and that makes a big difference i'm gonna ask a question now and it's not to you because i know you don't have one of these but i want you guys to hit us up on our instagram and let us know there's these sun lamps out there people rave about them i read the reviews but i want i want real people i don't know this day and age some reviews are bullshit for those listening I want you to actually hit us up on Instagram. Tell us what you think about sun lamps because, and recommend a good one because I see them at Costco, Canadian Tire, wherever. See, I bought a Costco one. Did you? Yeah. I had it on my desk and in about two winters ago, I would have it on every single morning. Yeah. Just religiously. It was just an experiment. I wasn't really experiencing any type of issues or anything, Yeah. but I had heard so many things about it and I'm like, hey, I'm always up for like just tweaking my mood. Tweaking my spirits, tweaking my physical activity and just being more well-rounded with the whole Zen thing. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, I'm going to give it a shot. And so I would come in the morning. I'm an early bird, as you know. So I'd go in at five or six in the morning in the winter and I'd work through to breakfast time, go have coffee with Meg. So I would put it on for an hour to two hours every morning and I saw no difference at all. Really, eh? So, okay, well, that now you're going to hit us up on Instagram and you're going to tell us, did you see a difference of the one you have? And the other thing I, that bothers me, and hopefully somebody out there can answer this, is I do want to buy one, but they are fucking ugly. They're ugly and, and some of them are very expensive too. I know. And so I'm what, like, do you, what do you buy? So I, that, that, I might just retire from marketing and I'm going to open up a sun lamp store and we're going to manufacture ones that are pretty, like that look like nice lamps on your desk, something. Always dreaming, eh? I'm always, always dreaming. dreaming. Why? Always how dreaming. about you just keep doing what you're doing because you're good at it, and I'll fucking lend you my lamp. You can figure it out for yourself. Okay, I'll have to put stickers on it or something to make it prettier. They are fucking ugly. Mine looks like an iPad. Yeah, you don't want an iPad sitting on your desk. That's not an iPad. People walk in, they're like, "What's that pale iPad? Is that got Wi-Fi? <laughs> Is that got where's Wi-Fi? The, where's the Google Chrome button?" <laughs> oh boy anyways listen uh i'm gonna i'm gonna end this so this is where we tap out i think we're gonna tap out i think uh i think we've said our piece and i think um i think we sound smart today ciao have a good day everyone